Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you by Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald. Creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Kingsley rolls to the boys, back to Kingsley. Carlson towards no, the lovely no, effort. No, 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 Kingsley magic! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. Finally! having a little break but although the team are on a break we at scarves around a funnel are not i am laurie dunsire i'm still here still chatting away and for this show and for upcoming episodes we'll still be here over the world cup break and i am delighted to be joined by a man who will hopefully be here every week going off on tangents left right and center mark donaldson hello hello from california um, Sunday night, late California, Sunday night. Eh? Yeah, late Sunday night. Needed a um, few more miles on the old United to keep the status I've got right now. Got to do it before the end of the year. Off this week, thought, okay, what can I do? So I've come over to see Palomine in Orange County, California. So we're going to start Ooh, with a tangent. OC. We're, we're, OC. We're going to start with a tangent. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know why I went into a James Acaster from Mock the Week kind of faux American accent there. But anyway, the tangent is this. I was at the game last night, Orange County, who finished their season in USL. They won the, the league in 2021. This year, didn't win it, so they've not long finished their season. They played a friendly against the German uh, side of Bundesliga side, Hamburg, who had lo- loads of fans in attendance. Good atmosphere. Um, Hamburg won by goal to nil. Long story short, Orange County SC, which is rather annoying, it should be FC, but soccer and all that, has a tie-in with Glasgow Rangers. Now, there were Rangers stuff everywhere. The merchandise that was on sale, a lot of it had Rangers badges on it and everything like that. They're doing coaching classes for kids uh, with Rangers scouts, Rangers coaches and Orange County coaches. So, the question is, if you could have one team from anywhere in the world that you wanted hearts to be twinned with, to have an affiliation with, and you can maybe come over, whatever it is, and play games with them. Where do you think you would want to go? If Rangers have got Orange County and California here, where would you fancy for hearts to have a tie-in with another club? Just just for a holiday, like somewhere to... Whatever, to I mean... The Aberdeen yeah, fans are all over because Aberdeen have gone over to Atlanta just now, haven't they? Because of their link. Yeah, exactly. So Hamburg have come over here. They'll probably play another couple of games. Fans are having an absolute blast. Um, it's it's unique because we've got a World Cup in November and December. So if we had three Barbados weeks, have a club? Oh, wow. <laughs> Barbados, Barbados Football League. 
Well, if they've got a league, is that would you not fancy Australia or something like that? I mean, Celtic are over there right oh, now. God. Can't get away from Australians. I don't want to go over there. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if we if he came to the end of his career, which hopefully is not for a long time yet, Ryan McGowan, and he could come with us, it's much better to see places when you've got someone from there or someone that knows the place with you. So, so I'm looking at the Barbados Premier League. Um, why Barbados? Why, why why not like any of the other Caribbean islands? Why, why Barbados? I, just, I don't know. I just randomly picked one that sounds okay. sounds exotic. Um, there's a team called Paradise. Okay. Uh, there's a team called Silver Sands as well. See, this is all sounding very appealing, isn't it? Paradise. Can you, ima- can, can, can you imagine you having been in Florence, me having been in, in Switzerland, and Hearts fans get their tops off if there's any sign of any sun? Joel Sked did it in Switzerland, and he was inside, and he still got burnt. He's that white. Um, so can you, ima- can you imagine Hearts fans with taps off, with no sunscreen, in the height of summer or whenever, in on a Barbados beach? I mean, they'd be like lobsters. <laughs> Bar- Paradise FC is a bar- Barba- Barbadian? Is that what they... Bar- Barbadian, Bar- Bar- yep. Barbadian mm-hmm. football Bar- club? Barbadian. Based in Dover, near the St. Lawrence Gap in the southern parish of Christchurch. Um, <laughs> they play in the first division of Barbados Premier League. There's only one player listed in their current squad. He's called Barry Skeet. <laughs> it doesn't sound very exotic, does it? Um, but their manager is Kenville Lane. Um, and they've won the Barbados Premier League four times in the Barbados FA Cup six times. So there we go. Twin us with Paradise. So you're, you're going there. Bit I'm Celtic, going to though, go... Uh, I'm I'm going to go with um, one of either one of two. The first one potentially might be Tasmania, so that Natiaka can kind of show us around. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, given that um, Dunedin in New Zealand is supposedly the Edinburgh of the South, um, a wee trip to New Zealand to to have a, a kind of tie up with with one of their because. Part of the reason for, for doing this, and it, not so much for Rangers, right, because Orange County FC is USL, so second tier. They're not going to get players from the Orange County side um, into the Rangers side, but you might get some youngsters coming through from all the coaching clinics and everything like that. So I think Australia is a pretty well-tapped market. I still think there's bargains out there, and it's, I'm glad that it's a market that we've gone into. But I, I, mean, I didn't think... really have much time to think about this. I just picked an exotic. No, neither have I. So we could no, go for a exactly. holiday. <laughs> was pretty much thought into it. I told... Well, that's the thing. I mean, I've got. Uh, we have put thought into something later on to do with the goalkeeper. Um, but this is just off the cuff. So um, we haven't really. I don't know if anybody's really tapped into the New Zealand angle. So, I mean. I've got family go... over there, so yeah, I could, I could stay with there them if I'm going over here. There we go. I mean, Dunedin Sterling Soccer Club. We could twin with them. How about that? Yeah, why not? What were we talking about again? Hearts Podcast. That's it. Um, we, we're not going <laughs> to we're not going to talk about Barbados and New Zealand an awful lot. Uh, I don't think. But ever again, talk, hopefully, we will talk about Rangers against Hearts, and we'll talk about Hearts against Livingston, and of course, VAR will come into that <laughs> conversation, VAR and refereeing decisions, and um, a few other things that 
will probably crop up. Did you used to watch the OC? Ryan Atwood. He he played he played soccer in OC at school. I think he got thrown off the team for putting a bad tackling on that Luke guy who was dating. The only reason. Oh, come on now. I, I was allowed. <laughs> well, I wasn't allowed a tangent. I took one and ran with it. Um, I thought that was a girls' show because my wife watched it and she still got the box sets and was like, "Do we need to keep this?" What? Yeah, yeah, you you never Channel know. Four on a Sunday. I was, like, I was like, "Hold on here." You never know. What kind of answer is that when I say, "Do we need to keep the DVD?" Yeah, the, don't give me this. They might be worth something one day. I'm the I'm the ultimate hoarder when it comes to football stuff and hard stuff. So I can't exactly say to her, you need to chuck them out. But I was like, really? Do we, do we need to keep the OC Season 2 on DVD? Right. Just, yeah, yeah. Ryan Atwood and Ryan and Marissa. That was like the the romance I of the the, the, of the, uh, the noughties. Wasn't it? That was... I don't know. Can, this is a Channel hard podcast. 4. Anyway, let's, you, let's you move on. This. Sorry, let's guys. Move on. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Let's uh, yeah, get into the football. Okay, first up, Hearts travelled to Ibrox uh, last midweek to face Rangers. Uh, Rangers very low on confidence and under pressure. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, mainly thanks to Ryan McGowan and his team for uh, getting three points against them in the match prior. Uh, obviously not a very happy hunting ground for Hearts. We've covered all that last week, so we don't need to focus on what's been before too much, but in terms of the team, Hearts set up with a sort of 4-2-3-1 on paper with Craig Gordon and goals, and Michael Smith right back, Alex Cochran left. Toby Civic alongside Kai Rolls. So Kai Rolls returning for his first start since he was injured at the end of August against St. Johnston. Cammy Devlin, Robert Snodgrass sitting. Atkinson playing a little bit further forward in the right. Halliday on the left. Uh, Lawrence Shanklin interestingly dropping into more of a number 10 role and Josh Ginelli playing as the furthest forward player trying to get in behind that Rangers team. Um, in terms of the game, Mark, you know, this we've had another game since then, so we're not going to analyse um, the ins and outs of it too deeply. It's a similar story in many ways at Ibrox, albeit a bit tighter than some games. We lost 5-0 in our last visit there. Um, how did you feel about this display and result overall? I think Joel Sked summed it up very well in a tweet that he put out after another dismal Rangers performance after they'd beaten us and said that you're not going to get a better uh, a better chance and it made the performance that we produced against um, the Rangers um, even more annoying because you, you saw what St. Johnson were able to do against them, you saw what St. Mirren were able to do against them and I just think it's a, it's a chance lost. Um, uh, again, without going too much into detail, I can understand the lineup. There's a lot of place, a lot of players in different places than they would normally play. I understood the Natty Atkinson one playing further forward because you you want to double up on on Ryan Kent, albeit that was probably his best game of the season. Uh, the bar wasn't very high. Um, Janelli through the middle for pace. Shanklin's a number nine. Shanklin's nothing else. He's not an off the striker. He's not a, a wide coming in. He's, he's a goal scorer. He's a fox in the box. He's, he's not a link player. So that didn't work. Um, it's just, it's, it's frustrating. And it was a bit like watching Scotland and Turkey earlier today. They didn't start playing until they had to, uh, towards the end. And they looked all right. They, they looked fine. And, and, and when Hearts started to have a goal, 
at Rangers. The problem was he still didn't. I don't think they had a shot on target. No, Alan McGregor had to I say mean, that, that was frustrating. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's uh, you know that's one of the things. So I I I was like I didn't actually mind the setup, and I actually didn't mind their performance in many ways uh, for for two thirds of it. I think we'd set up. Many will will gripe at that anyway. We set up largely to stop Rangers scoring to try and keep it a nil-nil and possibly maybe snatch something at the other side. I didn't see much of the latter part of that, but we were defending well. And ultimately, if you go to Ibrox and you get a point, that would be a very good result. And you look at what St. Johnson did against Rangers. They sat in very, very deep. I mean, across the entire game, they had three shots on target and scored two of them. They got 27% possession. Rangers had 29 attempts and they had 20 corners to Saints zero. But, you know, Hearts play in a similar way to that doesn't generally go down very well. Um, we didn't get a goal. We didn't get, you know, it was a spectacular strike that gave Saints the lead. We didn't really have a sniff of that. Um, but as soon as Rangers score midway through the second half through, um, through Tillman, it's after that point I've got more of an issue because at that point we don't have anything to defend. We're not holding on for a point. We're losing. And I didn't feel from that point, even two minutes to go, I didn't feel like we ever really had a go. I know. So, I mean, Robbie Nielsen said after the game, I'm proud of the work rate. I thought they worked extremely hard. Defensively, we're sound. Fine. Spot on. I thought we were. I thought Kai Rose and Toby Sipp were fantastic. Kai Rose looked like he'd never been away. You wouldn't have thought he'd been out for months. Brilliant. Defensively, how well how well organised we were, how hard we worked, absolutely fine. thought that was good. However, what Robbie Nielsen goes on to say, you know, come through to Glasgow now is not a daunting place for us. It's a place where we want to try and impose ourselves, and I thought we did that. Didn't really think no. I did. Um, there were periods of the game where we were on top, periods when, as always, when you come here, Rangers on top. But I think it shows how far we've come. The last 20 to 25 minutes, uh, they were time-wasting time wasting going on. Rangers were happy to take 1-0. We were the team in the ascendancy. I, did ne- I never got that vibe. Rangers certainly, towards the end, were happy to, to play the game out a little bit more. But if anything, their fans were getting a little bit on their back for not putting us to bed. I felt after what had happened last season when Halkett got that equaliser um, last October, I I never felt like we were going to score. Uh, it just yep. uh, it felt like game yep. over, and I think that's the problem. We didn't get a shot on target, and um, we got one at Tynecastle when they last met. We didn't get a shot on target in the cup final. That's three matches against Rangers, and we've had one shot on target yeah. combined yep. in three. My issue here is to do with um, a fear factor. I think wrongly, but I think we do it. I, I think we fear the name Rangers Football Club. I think it's like there's whether it's something, and there's enough players that have come through and are maybe playing Rangers for the first time or haven't scars from previous kind of battles or defeats or whatever. I, 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 I the only thing I can think of is it's the way we're set up. And I thought we were set up wrongly. Joe's tweet, by the way, this game in Paisley hammering home by Wednesday was a huge missed opportunity to win at Ibrox. Rangers weren't good then. They aren't good in general. They're not. And we've spoken no. we've spoken over the past few weeks, Laurie, about knowing we're going to concede. And especially if you go to Ibrox, the likelihood is you're going to concede. Forget the fact we went 65 minutes before Tillman scored in the 66th. If you know you're going to concede, why wait and be reactive? Why wait till a goal is conceded and then go, shit, right, okay, now we need to do something. 
have a go. Because if you're going to concede, at least concede potentially the equaliser to them rather than the opening goal to them. Because you've had a goal. And if you're telling me that Davies and Kane, who are not great defenders, I mean, Davies is all right. King, Youngster, Rash, they had an easy night. They were never troubled. They yeah. were more worried about how they could help the rest of the team push forward. So, I, I, again, I, while I can understand playing Atkinson in, in front of Smith, I don't get the Ginelli through the middle. I don't get Shankland um, coming off as a 10 or or coming off, playing off Ginelli. Uh, Halliday, you don't, you don't drop because of the way, the way that he's playing. Um, but you can you can easily have that formation slightly tweaked to be on the front foot more, and and I thought we were the, were the same at Tynecastle. I'm glad we've got a World Cup break because Barry Mackay desperately needs it because I can't yeah. remember the last time he he had a strong influence on a game. Maybe the game in in Riga, perhaps against RFS, but he's off. He offers nothing and hasn't done for for several weeks, and he still managed to get 35 minutes coming off the bench. So I was totally behind the. The decision not to to start him, but mm-hmm. I just I just think we f- we feared the name. It's Rangers. It's Ibrox. All oh, right, well, let's go. I think we gave them too much respect. I think. I, so. I think. Yeah, I just think we, we have to we have to let others worry about us. And it's not been great the performance at the weekend, which we'll get on to, wasn't great. But I still think we're we're playing with harnesses on. I still think we should we should allow our creative players to be more creative and not wait until the opposition do something before we go right boys it's it's your turn now that's not the way it works but even towards the end you know nothing was really working we weren't no, breaking no. through them well, only until I, I, stoppage right. time Laurie. but even then i mean I, and i was i think I, I didn't i don't think i said it in commentary but i was like why are we not just throwing civic or something up there and firing the ball yeah. forward and, and just what we're going to lose you know at this point you know like you know we're getting to the final few minutes we haven't been testing we haven't made al mcgregor make a save yet we're not getting through trying to pass it through them we've got no height or strength up there to even put the ball to it's like why are we not just chucking someone up there and just and just like exactly. fire it up fire it up and just try and maybe try to win a flick on or a header or something or just just do something different but it felt like we were just playing the game out one Will we ever learn against the old firm? That's Possibly not. But but I mean the counter to that is, and I you know I had a little, um, I was a little bit disappointed, and I said afterwards, and then shortly after I did say just to, just to kind of clarify as well, I'm not going to lose a heap of sleep over losing to Rangers, unfortunately, and maybe some people will say that's part of the problem. But it is, but it's still a Rangers side. I've only lost one of forty six league games that I brought. Yeah, so but that was to say not very good. No. They were different. The, the start of that forty-six games, they were much better than they are now. I know, They're just an average side. People two top fear flight them wins. The problem. Two top flight wins there in over a quarter of a century for Hearts. It's a. It's not a new problem for for us. It's not. It's not a new. It's not a new problem for for most teams. But the same conversation we have after every game at Ibrox, though, and that's annoying. We've got to learn it yeah. sometime. Give me a four-three defeat. Well, we've had a goal. And it, okay, we did, we haven't defended great in a four three defeat, but we had a go and we we gave them a scare. That's all you want. That four three defeat could then turn into a draw. It could then turn into three points. Yeah. But we got draw last a goal. Season. Yeah, which which was fine. We played better last <laughs> season than we did this one. I know, 
I know. We 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 move on, and hopefully, yeah, in, in time, we'll um we'll improve on that. But it was a a bit of a disappointment in Glasgow, and a similar story. Uh, zero points. Uh, Hearts went back along the M8 with. Scarves Around the Funnel is sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Long below the top by Livy, it's well taken down by Andrew Shinney. Back to Stephen Kelly, chance here for the Lions. Kelly, low shot and it's a good finish. And a quick break by Livy. And they have the opener. It was Andrew Shinney with the run. He took it down well on the right. And he cuts it back to Stephen Kelly, who shows... Great composure there to control the ball and drill it low into the left corner. Kissed off the left post. It's his first goal for Livy. And the Lions ahead. Tenth minute of the second half. Hartman Lothian nil. Livingston won. Halkett. Cushion header. 20 seconds left. It's now or never for Hart. Alan Forrest dashing down the right into the Livy half. Early ball. Cleared by Obelai. Only as far as Ginelli. Get it! Get it! with almost the final touch lashes in an absolute stormer of a finish and somehow the ten men of hearts have salvaged a point the ball fell to Ginelli after the cross and he just lashes it into the top right corner 97th minute at Tynecastle Hart to Midlothian 1 Livingston 1 Okay, following on the defeat to Rangers, Hearts hosted Livingston on Saturday at Tynecastle. Um, quite a decent opportunity for Hearts with with games elsewhere. Aberdeen were playing later at that point. Uh, Hibs away to Kilmarnock. St Mirren playing St Johnston. A few teams just around them in the league. Uh, Motherwell a little bit down, but... Um, not too far behind, we're playing Celtic. It's a very congested league, so hard to check. Like, I'm trying to remember exactly what the points difference was, but it was like two points between six teams before kickoff. But a home game um, and a, a chance against a side who are above us, but a side we'd hope we would beat at Tynecastle, especially since um, 17 games undefeated in a row against the Lions in Gorgie. And a side, though, that you know we said this on the podcast previously, though, we can't underestimate them, though. It's a team that don't have the same resources as Hearts. We do have a very good record against at home. However, they're a side that are very well organised, well drilled by David Martindale, and they can make it difficult when you play them. Robbie Nielsen made a couple of changes from the side from Glasgow. Uh, it, it was meant to be Nathaniel Atkinson and Cammy Devlin dropping out, which was all confirmed to the point we had the team lines popping up on screen, but... Andy Halliday pulled up with an injury in the warm-up, so there was a late change, which meant Halliday and Atkinson came out of the team from the Rangers' defeat. And in came Kiyomert Soglu and Barry Mackay, with Cammy Devlin retaining his place in that late change. It was set out to be a 4-1-4-1 before the game. Craig Gordon and goals, Michael Smith right, Cochrane left, Sibic and Rolls in the centre, Kiyomert Soglu holding, Janelli right, Mackay left. Devlin and Snodgrass in the middle instead of what was going to be Halliday and, Snod and Snodgrass and Lawrence Shanklin moving back into the number nine role, having played a little bit deeper against Rangers. Um, in terms of the game, we'll, we'll talk about the first half. First of all, Mark, in terms of play, Hearts controlled the game. They were dominating possession, had 
almost three quarters of it for the majority of that first half. A couple of chances through Shanklin and Janelli. It felt like we were making the right moves. It was just a case of being patient at that point. Yeah, I mean, I've watched the highlights back. I watched the game in full at the time, but I wanted to watch it again. And we probably created more chances than, than I thought we did initially. But they created chances as well. Now, to, to begin the game, we have better players than them. But I think their manager gets every last ounce of effort out of his mm -hmm. squad. And there's an old saying about hard work, being able to compete against ability if ability doesn't work as hard. And you can understand where that's going. I mean, you can have all the talent in the world, not the hearts have, but if the application isn't there, you're vulnerable. And I just thought there was an element of, going back to the respect stuff about Rangers, um, I don't, I don't, expect our play. I mean, it's Livingston. We know what they're they're capable of. I mean, they're they're above us in the table. So it's not a case of looking at him and going, okay, well, yeah, fine. I mean, not don't really know too much about him. They have a they have their squad. They get results. How they do it through hard work and a decent bit of ability. I mean, I'd I'd offer the for the boy Nubly right now. Um, and I know there was the post game kind of chat with Brian McLaughlin and David Martindale and. He accused Brian of being drink or having been drinking because he'd suggested it was a hundred grand for him. I'd I'd put a five hundred thousand pound bid in for him. I'd probably, maybe not start with that, but I'd go up to five hundred thousand for him in January just to test the resolve. I don't know what their financial predicaments like. I don't know what their um, how desperate they would be if, if a bit of half a million came in. I think they'd probably turn it down. I think they think they could get probably seven figures from it, maybe a million. But I think he would he would work for us. So. They're they're decent enough, they're 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 fine, but we didn't play well in that game, and and not playing well, still having chances, and it ended up being a a, a point was a good result in the end, given the circumstances and and everything, but we were not good at the weekend overall. No, overall, no, very disappointing. I, I, it was more how we carried on the the game into the second half that I was disappointed with. I thought you know the first half. Sometimes that's what happens in these games. I think against a side, very happy to sit deep, be defensive. You know, sometimes there's a bit of patience, but certainly second half we didn't kick on. It was Livingston that actually obviously took the advantage. Uh, before we get to the second half, though, a couple of decisions to talk about. There wasn't any big decisions given in the first forty-five, but there was plenty of claims. And um, the two I wanted to focus on quickly was um, the handball that. I thought was a decent shout. There was one that Cammy Devlin knocked towards goal from very close in that I thought was just with the power in the ball and the proximity. I thought that was just not a penalty. Even in first viewing, I felt I was quite confident in that. But there's one where it spins up where Toby Sibikas is back to go and tries to, to, to knock it up in the air and it kind of spins up and the Livingston player knocks the ball clear with his hand. It is by his side, but there is a movement. Um, it was not given, obviously. I don't know what you felt about that one. I thought at the time that there was a reasonable shout. But again, it's handball. There is that subjective element. I think the best referees appear in control of a game, even at times when they're not. 
I didn't feel that Craig Napier ever appeared in full control of, of that game. No. And I, I don't think VAR has helped the officials at all. I think they're stuck now between whether to make a decision that they think is right or to take the safe option and wait, put a finger to the ear for 25 minutes before a decision is made. I, I, again, apparently it's, they're it's told, one of these... Apparently they're told to do that, to put their finger to their ear. Yeah, even, no, yeah. Well, which, which, well, I don't have a problem with that. I've just got a problem like everyone else with the time it takes. Um, you have to stop the game. If, if you're told by the video assistant referee, um, when I say stop the game, when if, not to restart the game, um, is probably a better way of putting it. If the ball's gone out, you don't restart the game until you've got clarification if there's a check on going. Um, but what they do in other leagues, and we've seen it, the game can be ongoing. And it's then brought back. That is only done if the video assistant referee is pretty adamant that it's worth stopping the game for. Yeah. So it's interesting. So I thought I'd, I was going to go into this afterwards, but I'll go into it now before we talk about maybe better to say. It. Did you watch the very short BBC far friend or foe? No. So it's it's a lot of it's kind of going over old ground. It's some basic. It's got a few clips of different of footballers of kind of. TV presenters, etc., talking about VAR. It's got referee input, but there's some bits in there are quite interesting. It's only 28 minutes. You can actually get it on YouTube. I found it because I missed it when it was on. It's called VAR Friend or Foe. So you could type in YouTube and get it. Um, anyway, it, it, it talks about the setup of the VAR system in Scotland. And um, yeah, actually, they go around, the referees went around the 12 Premiership clubs. There's a few of them there. There's Ian Fife, who's a project manager. and the, the other referees are kind of organising it. And um, funnily enough, they, they showed the clip of them when they went to see Motherwell, which was the last of the 12 teams. And they talked about a few things. They talked about the fact, again, VAR can only interview, inter, intervene on four things, mistaken identity, straight red cards, a goal or a potential penalty decision. They can't get involved in anything else. Um, and they talked about the APP as well which is the attacking phase of possession. How far does it go back? And it's quite funny. Ironically, they had the Motherwell players there and they showed actual clips from last season. And the clip they showed for APP was uh, Dyson Maeda equalising against Hearts at Celtic Park. And Toby Simic gets um, dispossessed at the start of it. Celtic to carry the ball up the park, um, cut across the box and score. And uh, Toby Simic was fouled in the build-up, says the referees. In that and the, the Motherwell players are laughing. It's like that's a foul, isn't it? And he's like, "Yeah, it was. Should have been, um, but obviously it wasn't given." Just made me chuckle a little bit because I remember talking about it at the time. Um, but they had three visits from FIFA to assess the Scottish VAR system, and apparently what they said was um, FIFA protocol globally and for them only allows um, the referee. They, so they got a little red button in the VAR office in Glasgow. They could only press that to signal for a check after the play is stopped. That's what they said. So the VAR or the AVR could only press for a game delay for a check once the ball is dead. Which, um, which is, I'm surprised as well because I've definitely heard them stopping games in other countries when play still goes on. But that's 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 what they said. Um, and it's funny. So they also showed the testing. So they were doing it on youth games. Um, and they showed clips of them doing a test, and it was this youth game at the Tony Macaroni, and 
there was a penalty call. So the referee gave a penalty. And I think this this kind of takes me to the George Grant one a little bit, I think, the red card he got. So it goes to the VAR um, officials who are reviewing it, and they're watching a bunch of angles. They're telling them, delay the play, delay the play, and it's getting delayed a long time. Um, and they're like, I don't, I don't think it's a penalty. And I could, you could see the clip. It's not even, it doesn't go full screen, but you can see on their screen the thing. It doesn't look like a penalty. It looks like the defender gets there first. And the referee says that, but he's like, oh, the camera doesn't show me it well enough. And because he doesn't have a view that is clear enough, he says, I don't know if I can say that's a clear and obvious error. So it was just interesting. So it's a youth game. There's not really much pressure, although they are being, they're reviewing themselves and this is part of the testing process. But interestingly, when they're doing it afterwards, Ian Fife, I think it was, who's the project manager, who's a former referee, was saying, you know, looking at that, you've you've decided you just, we got the impression you didn't think it was a penalty, but you weren't sure enough to say the referee's made a clear and obvious error. If that's Rangers Celtic, are you going to make that same call? Is what he's, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, but he's kind of saying you're going to follow with that same that same level of it's fine. I'm just going to back him with his decision purely because although I'm not sure, I can't see enough from the camera, and that's what it concerns me a bit. And I think that's possibly with the George Grant red card, the referee's given the red card. I've still not seen an angle which conclusively says one way or the other. I thought it looked harsh, but could they have seen an angle in the VAR room with the cameras they've got to actually say, well, I don't see the red card, but I also don't mm. see that it's definitely not a red card, so I can't say anything. I can't get them to review it. Let, let's cut to the chase here. Scottish football has brought this on this chaos itself by introducing it mid-season, which is a stupid decision, and by introducing a budget version of something that they need the full version of. Whether or not they can afford that is a different story, but you don't go into it half-arsed, and that's what they've done. A, a TV camera at Fur Park, instead of focusing along the line, as it should be, focused because they didn't have enough there it was a celtic game but it wasn't on sky remember so there were only six cameras at the game it wasn't a celtic park or ibrox game where they can have eight there were only six cameras so one of them was used someone said i need a <laughs> an iso and, and i need a an isolated shot of of the manager or of the dugout or of somebody in the dugout so that camera was then used to take that shot and that meant there was no camera available on that side of the pitch to determine whether Jota was onside or offside. So they had to use the other 18-yard box camera, and it's just a joke, and they came out and they explained why, and they're going to write to this. It's utter bollocks. So they have brought this in, and it's their own fault. You're, part of me feels sorry for officials in that you're only as good as you are. And if yeah. you're put in a predicament without the, the, the proper tools, now, I don't think it would be that better if, if they did have a full VAR or whatever, because I just don't rate um, a lot of the officiating in Scotland. And I think this is just diluting it because we're taking people away from games to put them in a studio to be VAR officials with that. But they're having to do this with one arm tied behind their back. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't like it. I don't like the implementation of it. The, the bottom line is, VAR is not the issue here. It's the human element. That's see, the biggest problem. 
yeah to to an, to an extent but it, i have a little gripe with that because few people message me that because i find a lot most people don't like it at the, certainly at the moment but a few people go var is not the problem it's a referee so i'm like var is a referee though var is literally the referee who's in the who's in the studio whatever you want to call it looking at the footage you know var is only as as good as the referees it has to be it's always going to be interpretation and i mean correct yeah. but var is an inanimate object which would not work without human interaction yeah so I we mean, we agree on that yeah but my thing but my issue is like you could say we've made the, we've made the best phone in the world it's got the best camera ever it's absolutely amazing it's this fast that what about your average user well no one could use it though it's really complicated I was like, well, it's, then the, techno the technology, the technology is still a problem. Then, if it can't be used with the users that you're giving it to, then yeah, the, if your if your argument is that yeah, a camera takes an image and that image is is true, then yeah, that's you can't argue with that. But I still feel like just saying that the issue is the referees. That's, well, the whole thing, everything, VAR is going to be human interaction human element human interpretation it's always going to be that so if it's not working because of that then the whole thing is a problem that's that yeah and I, I, maybe take, I take your point no 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 and, and no I, I don't i don't think it is I, th I agree with with what you're saying i've also said that you're asking these humans who are in charge of var to do their job without being given every part of the kit that's required yeah. to do their job Possibly, yeah. There are there are no excuses whatsoever. If you've got all the cameras, whatever, and they still screw up, you see it every week in the Premier League, in the Bundesliga, in Serie A, in La Liga. There's issues. There's complaints. There's wrong decisions as well. The, the, just kind of tying this in a in a, a, a bow and and sticking it like an obstinate child in the corner for misbehaving. <laughs> um, I don't like. I think it's taken the the innocence out of being a football fan and celebrating a goal. That's, that's as a, my issue. I Fundamentally, I don't oh, like what VAR does. Thank you. It's, it's horrible. It's like being a commentator. You and I commentate, you commentate now on, on games that are that have VAR um, in, in the Premier League and the Premiership. I've commentated on VAR for a while and you have to slightly tweak the way that you commentate if you think that in the build-up there might be an offside. So the, the easy way to do that, if a, a ball is played through, the assistant keeps his or her flag down on the far side, the easy way to say that is onside for now. And then you just do a normal commentary with a goal or whatever. Then you pause and then you say, well, we know there might be something about that. I don't like the fact that when I'm watching on Hearts TV over here in the States, like everybody else who, who watches overseas, there is a buffer. There's a buffer of, of what, I don't know, between probably 40 seconds and and depending on how your stream is or your Wi-Fi is, it could be anything up to a minute and a half. So most of the time, all of the time, the, the social media is always instant as far as people at the game or whatever. So I saw that, that Gino had scored um, and I got all excited because I'm following it. I'm getting more and more frustrated. He'd missed a couple of chances that were a lot easier than that. And I'm going on Twitter for something else. And I just see the hearts twit the tweet saying, goal, Gino. And I was really excited. And then I saw, it, and then I saw his reaction. I think, like, Oh shit. 
I didn't go back on Twitter after that. I'm like, what's happened here? Now, when you're commentating what you were unaware of, that we were seeing a replay on Hearts TV of the incident up the other end to do with Livingston. So we didn't see that there was a handball, potential handball mm-hmm. in the build-up. So when it was it was kind of checked, like, what's it? How could that be checked? There's no offside. There's nothing in that build-up. But we didn't see the actual thing. So I, I still haven't seen it. I don't. I, I don't know. What, what, I know who it was for, or the, the potential alleged handball, but I haven't seen pictures of it. They may exist, and I might just have missed them. But it's horrible that I'm like, well, is it, does it go count? What's happened? And then there's the pause, and yes. it's it's not it's not cricket, Gov. No, the full the um. I looked at the the clock actually. It's ninety six minutes and forty nine seconds when the ball hits the net. It's 99 minutes and five seconds when the game wow, starts. Wow, really? Yeah. That's that's that's, well, that's nearly two and a half minutes later. Almost two and a half minutes later when wow. play actually restarts. We were in the 100th minute when Livingston kicked off after the goal. Um, but it's funny as well because, well, not funny really because of the way around it was, but so when the penalty and red card incident happened, obviously Hearts had gone up the other end of the park and Shankland had been potentially pulled back so because we're at the back of the week right. we have a we've got the laptop and they know that we've got a replay on the laptop so the fans in front of us are going it's a penalty it's a what's going to happen is it, is it a foul is it going i was like guys it's going to be a penalty but it's going to be at that end and they're like what i was like i'm telling you it's that end it's going to be a foul because i didn't see it in real time at jimmy actually to be fair to him He's eagle-eyed. He just he hides it well sometimes. But he was yeah, like, I heard him in commentary say this. I think it was a pool. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it at all in real time. I have to say. Um, but when you when we when the replay popped up, like our replays aren't that good. But when you saw the zoomed in one, you could see Nublay's shirt basically stretch between the two players because Kai Rolls was still dragging him back. And as soon as you saw that, you're like, ah, he's gonna give that. Just to, just to clar- yeah, just to clarify the the law there, because I've heard some people say I think the manager might have said it as well about hold on here. He's, he's basically got two chances to score, one with a shot, and then two or well, Livy have got a chance to score from from the spot. The laws of the game do stipulate with regards to advantage. Uh, it is up to the referee's discretion. It, it, it should be a, a, a short, reasonable amount of time given before deciding whether or not to whistle and, and bring it back for for the original foul, i.e. was there any advantage? Now, you could argue, well, yeah, they had advantage to try and score, but they didn't because Craig Gordon pulled off a great save. The, the fact that the jersey tug had occurred pretty much instantaneously before the, the shot went off, the referee was within his right to, yeah. to, 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 to be alerted by the, the video assistant referee and to, to, to basically be told, look, that, that's a jersey tug. Now, again, you, you may have heard the phrase triple jeopardy, uh, which was kind of introduced so that you're not getting punished three times for the same incident. In essence, Hearts might have been here, but not from a triple jeopardy perspective. It was the right call, triple jeopardy being um, a foul, a penalty, and a red card. If there was an attempt to play the ball, in the box, then it's a yellow card if a penalty is awarded. If he doesn't get the ball yeah. and it's a foul, it's, it's a yellow because there's an attempt made. A jersey tug or a kick or anything with no attempt made, it is a red card and yeah. it is the right decision. It's just frustrating and not being at Tyne Castle when all this happens, I don't believe 
that you're told on the big screens what the VAR check is about. I just it seems like you're no. only told well, that's an issue. I mean, you you're paying customers are all confused. So there was some Hearts fans, as you say, thought that hey, they were getting excited when he when he went over and said penalty, and then he ran the wrong way, and they're like, whoa. Yeah. To be fair, there needs to be more communication. I've spoken to Keith and to Graham about that. I was having a chat with them the other day, um, and they said they're quite frustrated as well because they're really, they're really, um, it's kind of strict as to what they can do and when. It is, and that should be changed. um, That needs to be changed. And they said as well that until so there's like a they've got a VAR screen, and I think it's like white, but it says VAR on it until it goes like it changes color. I think it goes purple. Yeah, that's right. Until that's been changed, that signifies they are reviewing an incident. Yeah, they can't they can't put anything on the screen. So I know some fans are getting annoyed at what's going on, what's going on. They're getting annoyed as well because they're sitting there going, "Screen's not changed. What's happening? What's happening?" The ref's just putting his hat. The, the ref's sitting with his, his his finger in his ear. <laughs> We're like, "What's going on?" So I know they've said as well. It's frustrating from their point of view because they're sitting there and everyone wants the clarification, but they can't. They're not allowed to put anything up. On the screen in the no, in the that's, stadium that's until correct. that changes. It was quite because I didn't know that they've got a little thing that comes up and says basically a VAR check. But again, and they also don't they don't have a thing that says right, okay, you can put VAR check possible penalty for Livingston or whatever, or penalty for an away team or something. But hopefully, you know, maybe that will come. Maybe that will come. Um, we'll, we'll take it back a little bit because obviously, we, so we've spoken about the the penalty there. Which you're saying, and I agree with you. I mean, I didn't see it real time, but it is the right decision. I think uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of issues with VAR. There's a lot of issues in this game with VAR, but that I think was the right decision. Unfortunately, um, Craig Gordon obviously kept Hearts in the game by saving it. Um, before then, we've spoken about the penalty, which is a bit subjective. The Zakami Devlin one late in the first half, ball comes into the box. Livy get it clear, but behind that. Um, the Russian goalkeeper takes out Cami Devlin. I think most Hearts fans felt it was a penalty. Um, I think it's a penalty. Uh, when I've seen it back, I think it is. I, I I try and be as diplomatic as possible when I'm in commentary. I wasn't sure if the referee saw it as well. The ball had been cleared and wasn't then. The, the incident was off the ball behind him, but you could still argue it would have been a foul. So um, I can understand why there was frustration around that one. Um, the goal, not really any issues from that in terms of a VAR perspective, ball over the top. I know some people mentioned a hand. I just certainly didn't see anything clear as Andrew Shinney took it down. Um, really nice touch and finish from Stephen Kelly to give Livingston the lead. And this is this is where the problems were for me. Similar to, not similar to Ibrox exactly, but up until that point, you know, I thought Hearts started the second half sluggishly, but there was still time in the game for us to try and kick on. It was 0-0 and actually try and take the game by the scuff of the neck. When Livingston got that goal, this is what they be, this is what they were playing for. Sit deep, sit in, play it forward quickly. You know, their passing, you saw their passing percentage at one point was like 60% or even less. They were happy just to get the ball forward quickly and try and get in behind hearts. And it worked because they got in front. Um, and this is where they had us exactly where they wanted us. And ironically, I didn't think we actually looked like sparking a revival until we went down to 10 men and I don't know if it's one of these things it's because there's been the penalty the Hearts fans maybe felt there was a bit of an injustice I don't think there was with the penalty in the red card albeit there were some other dodgy decisions but when that happens and Hearts get that boost from Craig Gordon saving it suddenly it 
changes the, the dynamic a little bit. And in a way, it's almost maybe what helped Hearts push on and then get a leveler because, you know, Forrest crosses for Ginelli, gets underneath his shot that time. Craig Gordon does make a good save from Fitzwater, but then Shanklin's denied by a goalkeeper and then Jason Holt it was blocking on the line. So the momentum changed a little bit and <laughs> it did feel like the game was still over, but it's one of those moments that, yes, it was ruined a little bit by VAR slightly delaying it, but it was, I think it was the latest, was it the latest goal we've had? The Hearts have scored, I think uh, Hearts Heritage said. Oh, they say it then, it must be gospel. I'm sure they said that. Um, but a really cracking finish from Josh Ginelli. And although it's only a point, you know, it's still two points dropped. It's not good enough performance-wise over the course of that. I don't think we can get away from that. But that could be a really big goal. And I think you could tell from a certain person's reaction after it went in just how much it meant. A couple of things about this. Uh, Josh Ginelli has had three really good chances in the game. One of them, he should have scored. The other one, he definitely should have scored. And the third one that he did score was like the hardest of the three chances. One's Ginelli, one's Pelly, one's Smelly. I mean, that's the <laughs> way that he is. It's the inconsistency of a winger who, if he was consistent with the pace that he's got and the talent that he does show, albeit very, not very rarely, but he wouldn't be at hearts. He is what he is. That that game for me was was the epitome of right boys. Just one more game. It's like going out in the twelfth round of a boxing contest, and you you've given absolutely everything over the previous eleven rounds. You've got very little left to give, but you've swung one punch at the end of the eleventh round. Um, that punch being Craig Gordon's penalty save uh, to give it that analogy. And it's giving you a little bit more. You're running on adrenaline. Your your petrol tank is is pretty much empty. You've you've there was no pace to the team. It was slow. It was languid. Um, ball movement. I'm not talking about the lack of pace on the for the players in general. I'm talking about the the game itself. Hearts' performance was slow. Um, it, it, they didn't zip the ball around. It was it was it was languid. It was the one. It was one more game that. They just had to get over the line. Ideally with three points. They didn't deserve all three points. They didn't play well enough to get three points. But if ever a reset button was required, it's for Hearts right now. Now, looking ahead to after the World Cup, there are no excuses for Hearts not to be refreshed. They've got three players away with Australia. Kai Rolls will probably start every game. Cammy Devlin's not going to start any of them unless there's an injury, but he might come on as a sub. Natty Atkinson will probably start the first game and then they'll see how he goes at right back, but he's likely to get game time. So when we come back, we've obviously got games pretty quickly afterwards. I mean, it depends when Australia get knocked out, but will the boys be given some time off? I don't think so. I don't think they'll want time off. Obviously, if they reach the knockout stages and do well for themselves, they're not going to be involved in the killing and probably the well, it's just checking. Game. I mean, they'll be involved in the World Cup final when we play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when we play our first game back, will they not? <laughs> well, so I don't know who's going to be involved, but the rest of the squad and Barry McKay desperately needed um, a reset, and and the players did as well. Just to, I think they're going to Spain, um, and and they'll they'll have warm weather training, and there can be no excuses. 
you can you can come up with excuses, and it depends what what camp you're in right now. It wasn't good enough against Livy. We got away with it, but look at the league table. I would have said if you'd said to me you're going to be four points behind Aberdeen um, going into the, the the break, Aberdeen in, in third, I would have I would have probably taken that because there are no excuses going into the the second half of the season. There's no more European football. We're not in the League Cup. Everybody's going to be in the Scottish Cup, and it's not like it's it's um, it's a midweek. It's it's going to be a Saturday, and everybody's involved in that. So we're going to have most of our players back, um, and judge them then. There's no excuses if this Hearts team don't claw back a four point deficit on Aberdeen, who I believe have got both halves of the old firm when they come out the break. Yeah, um, back to back, per- yeah. perhaps. Yep. Yeah, and I know they're both at um, at Pitodri, but but still, um, you've got a fancy Celtic to win it. Look, if Aberdeen beat Rangers, that wasn't a surprise to me. It would be an annoyance from a Hearts perspective, as it was Aberdeen beating Dundee United, Aberdeen beating Hibs, because they're the side right now. I think it's between Hearts and Aberdeen to, to finish third. I wouldn't be surprised if Aberdeen nicked it and, 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 and finished strongly and finished third. I'd be pissed off, because I think this Hearts team with the players coming back from injury, should be good enough to finish third. Not saying comfortably, but if we don't finish third now, I think it's a, it's a, going into this World Cup break, only four points behind the team in third position, then I think it's a, it's a chance lost. We have to take six points out of six from the two games when we come back. And if we do, the likelihood is we'll, we'll be in third place then. I agree. Uh, just quickly on VAR, I did put a vote out on Scarves Around the Funnel after the uh, Livy game. Uh, so this was on Monday. I put this out there um, and it was asking fans how they feel about VAR in Scottish football at the moment. What is your stance on it if you had the freedom to choose any course of action? And um, the options I gave were keep it. It works fine. It just needs time. So keep it as it is, but it just needs some time. Um, rubbish but it can be fixed or it's awful just get rid of it and the majority went for the last two options so we had 47.4% went for it's rubbish but it can be fixed 32% uh, said it was awful get rid of it Uh, just under 19% said it just needs time and less than 2% says keep it works fine at the moment Uh, which although it's a few of Hearts fans, I think we've got about 1,100 votes or so, but you could probably project that over Hearts supporters and it'd be quite similar, maybe different across different teams in Scotland. Some would be a lot more scathing, I imagine, um, but it probably suggests that, what, we've got like 80%, so over three quarters of people think it's crap, and I think that's probably about fair. Fair enough, more of them think it can still be fixed, but that probably sums up where we're at with VAR at the moment. Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk Okay, so we don't have a game to look ahead to, but a couple of other things um, to go down. I know you've got something to throw to me that I was meant to prepare for, but I've not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the, the, the goalie was in touch before he. It was before the Rangers game, I think it was, wanting to know when his 700th appearance would be, hoping it would be for Hearts, but ultimately 
It was for Scotland earlier today against yes. Turkey. So, well done. So con- well done, yeah, Craig. Con- congratulations to him. So we're just going back and forth. And I, I asked him a question. You're only allowed to pick four defenders in front of you from your first spell at the club and four more from your second spell, the best four that you played with. Who would they be? So I asked you the same question. Who do you think Craig said were the four best players that he played behind during his first spell at the club and the four players he played best for for his second spell? So there's eight points up for grabs for Laurie (laughs) Dunsire here. So let's let's take the first spell and give me your thoughts. So I I haven't haven't thought long about it because you told me about this. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll have a look at that and then as soon as we started doing this, I remembered I'd actually not. But what immediately comes into my head is four uh, defenders who actually did play together. Um, so you probably know right now whether I've got them all wrong or not. I'd be very surprised if at least a couple of these weren't in. Uh, which is Fisas at left back. Um, Webster and Presley in the centre and Nielsen at right back. Now I wasn't <laughs> whether they're the best. Uh, right back I would have to have a think about. Have I not thought of someone? But I also thought is Craig Gordon not going to pick Robbie right now? I mean, Robbie, Robbie comes on here. Robbie knows what happens on Scarves in the funnel. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to go with. Peace ass left, have, right, Webster Presley in the middle. You have three correct. Is Nielsen the one he's not picked? He's not picked Nielsen. Okay. I, I did wonder <laughs> I did wonder about that. Um oh. Uh, who else played prolonged right back? That's a good question. Um, Alan Mabry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's went Mabry over Nielsen. Xander yeah. Clark is getting a start next game. Xander <laughs> Clark <laughs> against Kilmarnock. <laughs> Shocking. Look, Rob, Rob, Robbie's been on the golf course with Bob McIntyre, so um, maybe going back and forward to his house from um, whichever distinguished golf club he's playing it, uh, playing it next. And um, he can listen to scarves around the funnel, but if he does, yeah, there's no explanation. He's given me the he's, he's given me the okay. names. He, he has given me a slight explanation for the second one, um, the second set of four. But yeah, yeah. Tackus, Webster, Presley, and, and Mabry. So three out of four. That I think most would probably have got three out of four there. Some would have got four <laughs> out of four. I, and I did but, specify I wasn't sure if Nielsen would be in there, <laughs> but I just felt just you know just keep him sweet. Um, yeah, I mean, look, obviously it's, not. It's, it's, his, okay. it's his answer. Um, yeah, I, I think for for what for what Robbie did in the cup final against Gretna and um, the goal in, in Basel, but especially the tackle and scored a penalty as well. Remember, but that tackle um, against Gretna. But I, I, again, is it for one game? Is it over a period of time? Maybe he was a good footballer. Maybe he was a really good footballer. So yeah, that's his fault. What about <sighs> his second spell? So basically, the current team. Uh... Kingsley and Halkett are going to have to be in there. I just was debating whether he was going to put them. Um, well, and... I'll stop you there because they're they're both in there. So you're two for two. Okay. I'm going to go with them both at centre-back. Kingsley and Halkett. I'll go Michael Smith right, Cochrane left. Okay. You're three for four. There is ah, an asterisk. Damn. Yeah, but there is an asterisk. Um, Did he play Kingsley King... left? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So who's who's his who's his other centre back to go with Halkett? Mm, if he's Rolls? Nope. I think you should get this. It, was, it seems pretty obvious. 
Um, what's his? Ahead of yeah. ahead of roles, ahead of Kingsley centre back. Yeah, he's no longer at the club. He left us in the summer. Come on. Who well, left in the summer? I'm having a mind. You've had, you had a brain fart, John Souter. <laughs> I don't. We don't talk about John Souter. Oh, no, I, we don't talk about. It's like it's like Bruno. Uh, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't see, talk about John Souter. See, that's if if, if I take the time to think about it and look at who he played with, that would have probably put. Ah, sorry, I've totally forgot. Totally forgot. Don't don't think of it anymore. How's he doing? Doesn't play. Good <laughs> Agent Souter is doing very well. Thank you. Uh, at Ibrox, he's um, he's he's not doing anything. But Craig did say Cochrane is close. Uh, well, yeah, I, I was I was thinking about that. I was like, where's he going to put him then? And I was like, oh, but Cochrane's been bloody outstanding this season. But uh, yeah, that's good. Good to know that he's close. Yeah. That's, I, I, yeah. I think in a, in a couple of years, I think Cochrane will end up being the left back there for if, for Craig's best four with Halkett, Suter, and Smith. But right now, he's gone with Kingsley. But it seems like it was a pretty much a toss of the coin. So you got six out of eight. That's pretty good. That's I mean, not that, bad. That's, no it's, it's 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 all right, and he's played behind some good defenders, hasn't he? I mean, there was no Martin yeah. Petrash or Strachany <laughs> or any of any of these imposters, but Tiago yeah. Costa, that he might have. Tiago, he had Tiago Costa. Honestly, he was from an eighties boy band um, MTV video with that dyed hair of his. Uh, Ryan Costa. still had to clean his boots. Well, oh, hold on. There's no McGavin in there. Because he never played with Craig Gordon. Correct. I, thought I went fishing there to see if you would bite, but you didn't. <laughs> right. But before we go, I thought, right, I thought because we've not got a game at preview, we'll put some homework out there because we've not really done much oh. homework for a while. Oh, for now, years. Now, in doing the homework, I'm going to um, I'm gonna throw Martin Geisler under the bus. Because, <laughs> uh, Martin, poor Martin. Oh, you're poor, cruel. Poor Martin Geisler, who is, of course, a a presenter on, on, on the BBC, but also a big Hearts fan. Martin's um, a super guy. He is a very nice guy, but he had a bit of a nightmare earlier on social media, and it was quite funny. <laughs> and if you've not seen it, basically, Hearts wished Gary Naismith a happy birthday, which we will do as well. Happy birthday, Gary Naismith. Tremendous left back. Would have possibly been in Craig Gordon's team if they'd played together. Uh, and... Mark Geisler replied, saying, most influential player I've seen in a Hearts jersey, demanded 100% from everyone, and it seemed even more from himself. If he played, we won. If he didn't, we didn't. What a player. And a few people are going, what's a big call? Was bold? And a few people are saying, well, great player. I'm not sure if I'd go as far as what you've said there. And he says, okay, name someone more influential. I'm not saying the best, although they have been a huge number better. I'm talking about the influence in the team. I can't think of anyone. Someone comes in, Kevin Rudge comes in and says, three off the bat, Hartley, Presley, Cameron. Nope. Martin says he's not having any of them. All great players, but for lifting a team, determining the outcome of a game, no way. Um, so I came in and I was like, yeah. I mentioned Presley. and I, I did read his, I read his message and I was thinking, I was like, Gary Naismith, cracking player. I was like, was he that kind of player? I honestly couldn't remember like that type of his game. I was like, okay, we'll go. And he says, not just be the influence of others, but Naismith performance as a motivator, leader, changer of games, puts him at the top of the pile, constantly badgering, barracking, demanding. <laughs> Must have been a nightmare to play alongside. And then Martin quickly replies to that message of his own and says, holy shit, 
this is really <laughs> embarrassing. I didn't read the first tweet properly. I thought I was talking about Stephen Naismith. Jesus, what a reader. I'm getting my coat and we'll buy all of your pint if nothing is ever said of this again. So apparently, I won't be getting a pint because I'm now talking about it on our podcast. Um, and he's very apologetic and it's all escalating very quickly and says, fill your boots, everyone. But it, it, quite funny because it's obviously mistaken identity. VAR can get involved with that. Um, and it reminded me, and I messaged it, it reminded me when I was at Austin McCann's debut against Dundee in the Cup and it was an old couple sitting just down from me and, and <laughs> they were very confused about how Neil McCann was playing again and had he come back and when did he return from Rangers and then. I think I told them at some point in the second half that it's a different McCann. But uh, what I thought it would be interesting, Homer, would be mistaken identity. Now, um, people could go a different way of this. I was mainly thinking with players. So if you've gone mad at a player and then realised actually it wasn't the player you thought, or celebrated and thought someone X, Y, or Z has scored, and it turns out no, what, he didn't score. What are you talking about? Was it even on the pitch? Um, and it's you know it's it's happened it's it's happened to many of us before. I mean, I've told you the story before where um, I commentated on Ross County Hearts, and for um, the entire game, I was talking about uh, Rocco Quinn, mentioning him. Yeah, Rocco Quinn on the ball, blah blah blah. Probably gave a little bit of trivia about him. And then midway through the second half, the board came up and went, "Okay, Ross County making a substitution. They're bringing on Rocco Quinn." <laughs> it's like. Oh wait, he changed his squad number in the summer and I still had in my notes his squad number from the season before. Um, but have you been at a Hearts game where you thought someone did something? Maybe it was a good thing, maybe it was a bad thing, but it was the wrong person. Or maybe you, you were thinking about a Hearts player in the past and you got it completely wrong like Martin did. So mistaken identity at Hearts games. and It could be something, maybe you bumped into someone and thought they were a hearts player, you thought they were a certain player and they weren't, they were someone else, and you asked for an autograph. And like, oh, I thought you were great when you played against Celtic, and it's like you're thinking of someone else. You had anything like that? Mistaken identity, yeah. So, Lawrence Brody listens to this podcast. Lawrence Brody used to work at Hearts, um, marketing yes. and press and everything like that. He'll be adamant, he says, You'll, I, I know what he's pretty much saying, he has to remember that he, he, he mixed up. DeVries and Nielsen. I didn't. I didn't in a commentary. I know the difference between Mark DeVries and Robbie Nielsen, but to this day, Lawrence Brody is adamant that a game at Ibrox, I messed up and I said one when I should have said the other. And I'm I'm debating that. <laughs> but um, it, I, I listen back to this every single week. And at times, I, I make, like we all make mistakes. I probably make more than my fair share. Um, and I... I think you're very kind uh, to, to me to me a few times, whereby I'm like, right, he's, he's he's got to interject now and say, come on, Donaldson, you've you've screwed up there, um, you've got the name wrong or or whatever, um, but but you don't, and I I appreciate that, but sometimes sometimes I do. So the the the, the Nielsen and DeVries was was certainly one. I think from a commentator's perspective, you you've just got to be careful if you don't know, don't guess. It's yeah. It's it's not, it's not worth it. Keep, you keep it keep it generic. Um, we've got our own little things that we can help determine who who we think got the touch. It's, it's easier when you've got a monitor in front of you, or you're doing it off tube, because normally the match director will will get a tight shot on who they think is the goal scorer. Um, so that that makes life a lot easier. But when you're at a game with no monitor and you you've just got to go with your instinct, 
it happens, but I, unless I'm pretty certain that I know who scored, I'll keep it generic. I don't think there's been any daft ones. Um, I mean, not in football. I, I did, I did mistake Paula Radcliffe while commentating on the finishing stage of the Great North Run for Talk Sport with Ian Danter and Jason Cundy back in two thousand and eight. I think it was. I, I did mistake. Paula Radcliffe for a, a Kenyan runner, um, and okay. I, and I'll, I'll I'll leave it there. So yeah, it happens. <laughs> it, it happens. We're all we're all human. We all we all make mistakes. It's, but um, that I'm Martin Geisler's one this morning was 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 outstanding. I hope we get one where someone goes, "Bah, that was that was raging." You know, Nielsen was shite out there today. Someone goes, "What was he even playing? He's injured." Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you get one. Of, you get one of those moments. Every, so, everybody's going to have a story about that. And 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 I, I told you the story a couple of weeks ago when I was back at Town Castle and and again the RFS game and the, the boys behind were just they'd made their mind up that they weren't happy with whoever. You, you hear things that's shite, such and such, and you don't really want to turn around and say yeah, he he's not even playing. But sometimes, <laughs> some sometimes you have to. But it, I'm sure it all happen. But is it, do you own it? That's the other thing. If you make a mistake, do you own it? If, if it's you that finds out that you've made your, your mistake, do you kind of just pipe down, simmer down, or do you own it to the person alongside you or if you're a commentator or, or whatever? If you're a commentator, you have to really own it, unless you think no one's going to see it, and it's not something big. But if it's... I mean, you, you, I'm not picking faults or anything like that. There was a red card you didn't see. And and things like that. We've we've all kind of we've been there. Where it's Chris Kamala, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Is it Jeff? Oh, I thought he was subbed. And it, that was it's brilliant. If you can make make light of it, then then great. And and Martin will be. <laughs> but to, do you know what? To Martin's credit, he could he could he could have deleted his 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 original tweet, and all it would have said was this tweet has been deleted. But I think the replies would have still been all there. Yeah, he, he kept it. He owned it, to be fair. He did. And he, it was, he, he owned it, yeah. It was and fun. it was funny, and it happens. But let us know if you've ever had a mistaken identity um, story to do with hearts. That'd be good. Let us know at Around the Funnel or email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. Uh, Scarves Around the Funnel is sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s uh, we thank you for tuning in this week uh, we will be back every week as we mentioned during the world cup break we're hoping to get a few guests on we've got some people lined up so we'll have plenty to chat about over the coming weeks um so keep tuned to scarves around the funnel we'll be back next week until then goodbye Driving in the sun, looking out for number one California, here we come Right back where we started from Well, hustles grab your to shadow weighs a ton Driving down the 101 California, here we come Right back where we started from California Yeah!
Pedal to the floor, thinking of the war Gotta get us to the show California, here we come Right back where we started from California